and we're back. This is Dump on the Ump, Season 4, Episode 35. Today is Monday, October 8th. This is ostensibly a baseball podcast. Thank you so much for listening this evening. My name is Joel, tuning in from Champaign, Illinois. With me tonight are Sam and Eli. Fellas, how's it going? Hey, how you doing, Joel? Uh, this is Sam. I'm radioing in from Brooklyn, New York, uh, and my hot take was I was asleep about three minutes ago. Um, <clears throat> so I still don't really know what's going on, uh, but we're podcasting now. <laughs> uh, hey there, Joel. This is Eli coming at you uh, actually from Boston, uh, which will be the new owning in area for the foreseeable future. Uh, my hot take is actually unrelated to baseball. Um, I just want to make note of John Gruden, who is the uh, coach of the Oakland Raiders and who gets paid just an absurd amount of money and is a really kind of annoying sportscaster who used to do was it Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football? Uh, it was ESPN, yeah, yeah, so it was yeah. Monday Night. Uh, and so everyone thought that you know he was this amazing coach for some reason, and he uh, he started out just terribly with the Raiders, and it's really <laughs> enjoyable. Yeah, what was it that he was quoted as saying last week? Something along the lines of. Damn, Khalil Mack had another strip sack. I don't know. Yeah, because he would not re-sign the best defensive lineman in the National Football League, and Oakland might actually win a couple of games if they had a guy like that. Right. Now they're 1-4, and and they're paying him like $100 million or something. Yeah. Um... Anyways, you yeah. pay for shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, my hot take for this week, the other day in London, England, a piece of art made by the anonymous guerrilla street artist Banksy sold for the American equivalent of $1.4 million. The painting was a picture of a young girl letting go of a red balloon, and as soon as the auctioneer knocked his auctioning gavel and said sold, it triggered a process that shredded the painting within the frame, reminding us again of the impermanence of truth and beauty in a world where nothing is forever, and also that's lots of fun to troll super rich people. Right, and also Banksy is a dick. <laughs> Banksy is an awesome dick. Reminding us once more that Banksy is <laughs> a fucking asshole. I thought it was brilliant. I love it. I love that shit. That whole segment just made you sound like we were on public radio or something, Joel. I'm auditioning. Um... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening in this evening. Thank you for everybody who listened last week. Um, you can check us out. Follow us on Twitter at Dump on the Ump. Check out our Facebook page. Visit us on WordPress, dumponthump.wordpress.com. Email us, dumponthump at gmail.com. Everyone who listened in last week... Sam and I talked about getting on the Milwaukee Brewers bandwagon, which I'm still on, by the way. Right. Maybe even stronger. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Champagne, Illinois, coming in strong. That's me boosting our numbers, but also shout out to Mike and Ben in Champagne. They wanted us to talk about NBA, and I was like, I was like dudes... The American League Divisional Series is going on. We're not going to be spending a lot of time on NBA. But they shot us a bunch of NBA questions they wanted us to talk about. Shout out to Portland, Oregon. 
all the hipsters in the strip clubs, or as I like to call them, stripsters, listening to us. Um, Forney, Texas. Bend, Oregon. Hi, Mom. My mom listened and then texted me that she didn't approve of our walk-on music last night because it was too vulgar. Which one was it? The Snoop Dogg. Will oh, right, that features. was the one that you played for your kids in school. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> um, Pittsburgh, California. Barry, Vermont. Fukuoka, Japan. Barcelona, Spain. Chicago, Illinois. Queenstown, Maryland. Rome, Italy. And a special shout-out to Bozeman, Montana. Doing a little research. Bozeman is home to the Bozeman Bucks, who are a, I'm going to read this, the only organization in Bozeman that sponsors highly competitive and organized baseball for high school-aged boys. So it's not high school baseball, but it's organized baseball for high school-aged boys in Bozeman, Montana. And the Bozeman Bucks were the number one seeded team going into the Montana State competitive baseball tournament this summer, but they got upset in the first round. So, tough, tough break there for the Bozeman Bucks. I have, oddly, a very large part of my cohort growing up now lives in Bozeman, Montana. Really? Yeah. Do you think any of them listen to the podcast? I'm suspect. Yeah. <laughs> only, only when Eli's not on it, apparently. Yeah, right, right. Eli, right. you gotta do that. Also, shout out to Patty, who we didn't get on the podcast last week. That sucked. Yeah. He, uh, uh, our, our loyal listener from across the pond, all the way to China, <laughs> yeah, uh, was... was Visiting the States uh, this past week and was trying to get on the podcast um, because he could use the internet for the first time in five years. <laughs> and uh, But <clears throat> due to unforeseen circumstances, it didn't work out. He <laughs> did have some nice feedback um, about the podcast, including saying that he didn't like it when we talked about baseball. <laughs> uh, and and that he wished that it was more regular, like consistent each week, because he has a routine and he wants to fit us into it. So I thought that was pretty helpful feedback. Yeah, that is Min- helpful minus, minus the baseball part. Well, I remember when he first started listening, his favorite part about our podcast was that we didn't really talk about baseball. <laughs> right. We have a unique. We have our unique takes. That's all I'm saying. Sometimes you're gonna get a lot about Banksy. Sometimes we're gonna talk about our favorite video game movies based on video games, which I think is still Super Mario Brothers or Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Kombat. No, no, Double Dragon. Street Fighter. I Mm. like Street Fighter. (laughs) They're all pretty good. (laughs) Right. Right. That's what I'm saying. Right. Would be hard to name. Our least favorite movie based on a video game. Now I'm thinking. Can't even pick a one. Yeah. Missed. Did they make one? No. I kind of hated that video game. I think because I thought as an intellectually minded 15 or 16 year old, I was supposed to be good at that kind of game. And instead I just got stuck in a room by myself. For six hours and then gave up. Right. So did did you ever consider that your intellect wasn't as high as you thought? Y- yes. <laughs> Very. Like it, was, it wasn't good. the game's problem at all. <laughs> yes. Right. I had That's, that thought often. <laughs> That's why he didn't like the game. Ah, uh, you can't even. Some, some issues <laughs> in your own life. Right. Now my whack a mole. Now my friends and co-workers are always asking me to do escape rooms with them. 
and I hesitate and find excuses to not. Hey, Joel, you seem like a smart guy. Can you help us get out of this escape room? No. No. I have very important things to do that night. Like, play whack-a-mole. I'm scarred for life from my days on Myth. Yeah, try to escape that one room. <laughs> there weren't even any bad guys in that game. There wasn't anything in that game. <laughs> right. It's like a Banksy painting. Yeah. It's, uh, it was, you know, it was like something different, I guess. Yeah. Of its of its time, yeah. There was an Indiana but, Jones game, I believe it was called Indiana Jones and Escape from Atlantis, which was uh -huh. essentially the same game except you played it as Indiana Jones, and there were levels where you got to punch Nazis. That was a way better game. Problem solving, plus you play as Harrison Ford. Plus, there's levels where all you do is punch Nazis. That's right. a good video. There's game. also a game called Wolfenstein. Yeah, <laughs> where you get to shoot Nazis. All you ever do is kill Nazis. <laughs> like, that's the entire point of the game. Hate to get political on you, but I always watch those videos about the fascist neo-Nazis and wonder if any of them ever played Wolfenstein when they were kids. Right? Wasn't that Probably. the one lesson of that game? That it's fun and good to shoot robot Nazis in the face? I think they were alien Nazis. Or both. They were definitely robot Nazis, at least in one of them. Because it was Cyborg Hitler was the main boss, the final boss. Was a Hitler uh, with, um... Fuck, what are they called? Miniguns? Machine gun arms. Machine gun arms. But the rotating machine gun arms. Gatling gun arms? Yeah, there you go. He had Gatling gun arms. He was hard to kill. And anyway, he was they definitely that in the movie. <laughs> uh, I think they did. They made Wolfenstein movie? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they did. I'm going to Google that. Well, we could have a new favorite in <laughs> yeah. the upcoming episode in which we talk about video games turned into movies. Are you saying yeah. that we should probably talk about Quidditch. There was big news out of the Quidditch point this week, wasn't there? Only that Vassar College is the second oldest Quidditch team in the country. And fuck Vassar. Mm. Fuck Vassar. Were you with me that time we went to that party at Vassar and I stole a bunch of alcohol? Yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I think you were. Good times. I think I went to Vassar and stole a bunch of shit once also. Yeah. Maybe it was probably the same yeah, time. Good the same time. We went down there. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm going to Google that Wolfenstein thing. We walked on today to the Bee Gees Staying Alive, which I found out earlier today came out 40 years ago. So happy 40th anniversary to the Bee Gees Staying Alive. Disco classic. Two teams that were not staying alive today on this Columbus Day were the Cleveland Indians and quite possibly the Atlanta Braves, who are down 2-3 in the bottom of the six. Another team unable to stay alive, Colorado Rockies, swept in three games by the Milwaukee Braves. And I believe, ooh, I should know this, scored zero runs? In three games, is that true? Yeah, or one. Yeah. It was not, it was a bad look. Very bad look. Uh, and I don't even really know who, who's pitching for Milwaukee that's so good. Well, they've got Hader closing for them. Right. Who, the racist. The racist, who's really good at his job. Really, he has a real appropriate racist and homophobic name, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. The Brewers haven't exactly been doing the cl the closer strategy that the Tampa Bay Rays started, except I think they did in one of their games. 
where they they start a yeah Julius Chasen I don't know who that is he won game two oh no the Rockies scored two two runs in game one Joaquin Soria who used to pitch for the White Sox he won game one I don't know I don't know how the Milwaukee Brewers are doing it I think that it's mostly Colorado had no offense for three consecutive games. Well, poor Colorado, right? They had <clears throat> to play leading up to the playoffs, basically, in three different cities in three different days in three different time zones. Right. Right, because they they uh, they had to play the play-in game, right? Mm-hmm. And then they... Like, it came down to the end of the season, they had to play that last game, and then they had to play the play-in game, and then immediately go into their uh, postseason playoff right. game. So, you could make the argument that right at the end of the season, you get gassed out and have to do, like, that type of travel and that type of strain on your bullpen. And even position players could probably be feeling it. Yeah. They had to play game 163 at the L.A. Dodgers. They won the wild card game at the Chicago Cubs. I was listening to our last podcast. Our, our last podcast was before that game, and Sam and I were both kind of just assuming that the Cubs were going to win that game. That went into extra innings. Um, it was a great game. That was a great game. That was one of my favorite games all year. Rockies won in extra innings. Was the final 2-1 or 1-0? Um, I forget. Was it great? 2-1, I think. I think 2-1. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Baez hit an OBI in the bottom of the seventh. Um, <laughs> that was a great game. So if you're the Colorado Rockies, you're probably both physically and mentally exhausted, and then you have to play two games immediately at Milwaukee. Who is the hottest team in the National League, if not in all of the Major League Baseball right and, now? And has the best record in the National League, is the one seed, even though they had to play Game 163 also, is the one seed in the National League. Right. How many uh, times historically has there been two different divisions that have had to play a play-in game in the same year. That seems like it's really rare. I don't think this is the first time, but it is very rare, and it hasn't been able to happen for very long. Because we've only had three divisions for so long, and before, if both teams were going to make the playoffs, they did not play a game 163. The tiebreaker, they had tiebreakers. The winner of the tiebreaker stat, which I think was head-to-head, -head, would win the division, and the other team would be the wild card. You would only actually play game 163 if the loser of game 163 would not make the playoffs, and the winner would. I remember this because it was the 2008 season when the Chicago White Sox had to play a makeup game against Detroit, which they won. And then because they won that game, they had to play a game 163 against Minnesota, which they also won and went to the playoffs and lost in the ALDS to Tampa Bay. Excuse me, three games to one. Which I believe was the last playoff game the Chicago White Sox have won. I watched that game 163 from Shubas on Belmont Ave. Shout out to Shubas. To who? Shubas in Chicago. to ball. They have good live music. I think they're still there. They've been there for a long time. So, yeah, it's pretty rare. Speaking of playoff baseball. Yeah. 
Wait, can we just real quick all acknowledge how happy we are that the Cubs lost the wild card game? Yes. Boo, yes. Boo. Yes. Shout out to that. That's why. Shout out to the Colorado Rockies. Shout out to the Colorado Rockies for sending the Cubs home. Sorry you got swept, but good work. Yeah, yeah. Good work nonetheless. They've got a playoff win, right? That counts as a playoff win. Yeah. Yeah. Have I told you guys how much I don't like Joe Madden? Yeah. Have Uh, we talked about that? Go for it. Why do you dislike Joe Madden so much? I've I've got a hunch. Well, it's partially because of his face. <laughs> like, whenever I see his face on TV, I'm just like, ugh, that guy. And I don't know where that feeling comes from, and I don't know what it is about his face, but he's got one of those faces. Uh-huh. It's, it's the, like, hipster glasses that he wears. He's all about yeah, the hipster glasses. He looks like a guy who's being aged out of his career and is trying to, like, look like he still fits in. You know what I mean? Yeah. He looks like the tech, the old tech guy who's, like, really worried about losing his job to, like, an 18-year-old, you know? Right. Side note, Eli, do you want me to change our Twitter Abby away from Joe Madden? (laughs) Because Joe Madden right now is our Twitter Abby. Well, (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) To meet his own... Uh, but yes. So, do you guys know that in our local uh, WGN that Joe Madden is the official spokesman of Benny's Discount Beverages? No way. He is. Really? Yep. He, because his whole thing is he drinks red wine. He's drank red wine at press conferences before. And so Benny's has sponsored him because of that. And their commercials feature Joe Madden slowly going around a Benny's, what's the word I'm looking for, superstore on a Segway, putting bottle after bottle of red wine into his basket. We're going to have to talk to Mr. Bean. You're going to have to talk to Mr. Beanie about that. (laughs) Just saying. Just saying. He is the official spokesman for Benny's Discount Beverages in the Chicagoland area. (laughs) And and no, you know, not to shit on wine or anything, but of course he drinks wine. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's Red Merlot specifically. He has cultivated an image of himself which I think buys into the hipster aspect. He is both a hipster and a red wine snob. He's like a hipster grandpa. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So, what were your opinions then about the 2016 World Series between Joe Madden, manager of the Cubs, and Terry Francona, manager of the Cleveland Indians? I was rooting for Tito. Yeah. Yeah, big time. Do you think he sponsors Tito's vodka? He probably should. Yeah. He probably he sponsors like you giant wads of bubblegum and Vicodin. It's like that's <laughs> his those are his corporate sponsors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He like definitely I have a feeling eats a bunch of fast food and blacks out after every game. Yeah. <laughs> He doesn't even drink anymore. He just, like, shotguns Big Mac <laughs> until he falls over. Popeye's fried chicken. <laughs> Why I have respect for Joe Madden is mostly because he was the manager of the Tampa Bay Rays when they went to the World Series. And the Tampa Bay Rays are in the AL East are historically, if you can call a team with less than 30 years of history, historical, in any sense of the word, a bad team. But he got them to relevance. He got them past the Yankees and the Red Sox. He got them to a World Series that they lost to the Phillies. And I was impressed with that. The other thing why 
I do have respect for Joe Madden is because he has lately talked a lot about how little he does as a manager. Which, at least he's honest. And a lot of that, and as I say this, maybe I'm backtracking, is because he blames analytics, where they're not doing double switches as much as they used to. They're not doing substitutions the way they used to. You're not bunting or stealing nearly as much as you used to because the stats say don't bunt, don't steal, almost always. So the manager's mostly switching out pitchers and putting in the batter who has the best chance of getting a hit. Statistically. Statistically, exactly. Right. Isn't that what a, a hipster does, though? They say that they're not trying hard, but in fact they are trying harder than they probably should. Good point. That's a very right. good point. They're like downplaying their own contribution in hopes that everyone else will praise them even more. Are you saying that when Portland, Oregon gets their MLB expansion, they will hire Joe Madden? 100%. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that, <clears throat> I think that like, managers, just in general, regardless of the field, it's kind of all about stroking egos is like the biggest part of your job. And yeah. I would say that that hasn't changed any. Yeah, and you've said that before on this podcast, Sam, and I think it's a good point, where at least half, if not more more than half of the job is keeping the team together, being an emotional coach for your players, keeping them together, keeping them positive over 162 games. Right, and focus. And focus. Mm-hmm. So is he good at that? Uh, he must be. Mm-hmm. A whole lot of carrot and stick, you know? Yeah. And maybe he gets dinged for being more carrot than stick, but I personally don't have a problem with that. Right. So the Red uh, Sox lost game two. Right. They got away. We went to game one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Let's backtrack. They won game one. Let's talk about that. Yeah, that was uh, pretty much bucket lists. Uh, is that, your first, you is that your first Boston playoff game you've ever yeah. been to? Yeah, first. first Boston playoff game ever. Getting to a playoff game has been like a lifetime goal of mine. And it happened much earlier in my life than I thought it would <laughs> happen. And then it happened against the Yankees, nonetheless. Right who haven't played against each other in the postseason since 2004, which, of course, is the year that the Red Sox broke the curse of the Bambina. So, as you might imagine, my expectations going into game one were quite high. And, boy, did they not disappoint. That game was out of this world (laughs) intense. Like, I've been to Fenway Park... I don't know, a, a, lot. a couple times every year for a long time. And uh, at least a couple times a year. And what's interesting is that, like, it got so loud in there that it put, you know, your hair up on your skin, and that was amazing. But what's also cool is that they turn up PA system, like, way higher than they do for regular season games. So when it goes on, it's like you're at a rock concert. Oh, wow. Yeah. And like, I think that that's, you know, an attempt to make the crowd even louder than they already are. Uh, But it just adds to this, like, if you've ever been to a professional basketball game, those get tremendously loud, which feeds into this whole level of entertainment. Yeah. And, And it's not, I mean... Baseball games typically do have good PA systems, but it's in open air typically, and it doesn't get as loud, in my opinion, as NBA games. But that theory just got thrown out of the window (laughs) during this game because of the sheer decibel that it got in there. 
That, that's fun. what I thought because on the internet there's been a big narrative that the fans didn't get up at Fenway, didn't get hyped up to support their team at Fenway Park. And I watched both of those games, and that's not true. Those fans were engaged, were involved, were supporting their team. So I don't know why that narrative has gotten started. Possibly at the very end of Game 2, when they were losing. Yeah, you know what? I thought, and this I think this is definitely a byproduct of me not being there during Game 2, but during Game 1, I, I barely sat. Right. The whole game. Like, the, the crowd was basically standing, and any pitch in any out, if there were two strikes, everyone would get on their feet. Yeah. But it definitely could have spoke to the closeness of the game. The Red Sox, of course, started out scoring first in Game 1. With a J.D. Um, Martinez home run in the first inning. That's going to oh, get the man jacked. Yeah. Oh, that was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Who, uh, it was the Xander Bogut's home run that knocked the beer off the green monster. No, that was the, that was the Martinez home run. Mm, no, it was in the seventh inning. It was a solo shot. Right? No, that was Bogut's home run in the first game. Oh. Only... Only Martinez hit a home run in the first. I game. must be thinking of game two. Then Aaron Judge. And Aaron Judge, who this is an Aaron Judge hate podcast. Aaron Judge is seven for twelve with three home runs in the last three games. Guys, fucking beating the shit out of the baseball right now. Yeah, you know what's really interesting about that? In uh, you know, first off, fuck Aaron Judge. Right. But Second off, what's crazy about that sort of storyline is how poorly Stanton is doing in clutch moments. He has struck like, out a lot. He is striking yeah. out constantly. In that game one, he struck out with the bases loaded. Yeah. And then, of course, he struck out again during in the ninth inning after Aaron Judge brought the game to one run. Yeah. Um, and when I was on the train after the game, getting out of there, there were some Yankee fans, and one of them was just like in full New York fashion, just shitting on Stanton like crazy, which was just <laughs> amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. I would too. I think Stan, yeah, Stanton has been bad, but Judge has been good, and Gary Sanchez, who is. Probably my second least favorite member. No, my third least favorite. No, my second. I really hate a lot of New York Yankees. My second least favorite offensive player for the New York Yankees. He hit two home runs in game two, and he's not good. Like that was that was bad. You shouldn't be giving up four RBIs and two home runs to Gary fucking Sanchez. Right. <clears throat> the joker behind the plate. That guy's so bad at the, 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 the pride of Scranton Wilkes-Barre. Yeah. He's a real rail rider through and through. <laughs> <laughs> he, you watch him behind the plate, and it's like he's afraid of the baseball. Like, the ball comes in, he turns his head to the side and, like, closes his eyes and, like, tries to catch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really embarrassing. It's like embarrassing for the Yankees to have that fine plate. I don't understand it. His counterpart, his counterpart Sandy Leon, he made amazing stops. But I had two concerns. My number one concern was the fact that he had to make so many amazing stops. And I don't want to shit on David Price right now because I honestly think he's getting too much shit right now. But he was not helping. And Boston's relief pitchers were not helping either. Brazier? That's the right name, correct? Brazier? Correct. Who seems good. 
he seemed like he was a 31-year-old rookie who had never pitched in a playoff game before. I don't even know who that guy is, honestly. He's a 31-year-old. from the minor leagues about a yeah. month ago, and he's been the only lights-out person that we had coming out of the bullpen. But right. Of course, we get to the playoffs, and he shit under pressure, so that's exactly. not good. But I, I do think I agree with you about Sandy Leone. It's kind of an interesting uh, issue or dilemma for the Red Sox right now because I think, honestly, he won that game one. He caught, he blocked That's so many balls call. that were thrown like 45 feet. And In that six, seven, and eight innings. Base, mm-hmm. And that's incredibly difficult to do. But he's sitting in this game two, which is three, which is about to start because uh, he can't hit the ball. It's so. like playing with a pitcher. It's like the Red Sox were willing to play without a DH, with a pitcher, because they needed the defense and skill of Sandy Leon as a catcher. Because what's his average, 140, something like that? He's like the opposite of Gary Sanchez. He, like, can't hit the ball right. at all. But he's so good at catching the ball right. that they yeah. he still gets a job. They're yeah. both one half of a player. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gary Sanchez isn't even a good hitter. He has no. just been a good hitter in the last two games. True. Yeah. I take that back. Right. No, Gary Sanchez is not good. I don't, Yankee fans love Gary Sanchez. He's not good, you guys. Like, I hate Aaron Judge, but Aaron Judge is good. He's good at baseball. John Carlos Stanton strikes out too much. I wouldn't, like... I feel like your 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 tone is like you're explaining that to a bunch of Children. elementary students. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel all the time. Children, children, Gary Sanchez. He's, He's not good. He's not good. Uh, okay, here's my other bitch about game two. AL MVP Mookie Betts went 0 for 4. And that was yeah, looking for him a big game for him in game three. Yeah, because, he's got to uh, step up. He's he had a good up. game one. He got two hits in game one, I think. But they could have won game two. Uh, they yeah, were, they had their chances. They had their chances. But the quiet, the uh, bats have really been quiet since the third inning of the first game. So yeah. that's really what I'm looking for in this game three is the bats need to come alive. Yeah, we hit Severino pretty well, uh, and Evaldi is a pitches well against the Yankees. Yeah. So the matchup is in our favor, I'd say, pitching wise. But the Red Sox, like they've proven all year, are an offensive team. They're not right. That's how we're going to have to win the postseason. So if we can't get that going, I think we done shit out of luck. Yeah. Well, what do you think, Sam? Yeah, I think that. Well, I think that Severino's going to implode. That's what I think is going to happen. And I think that. I mean, the Red Sox need to get their bats together, or they're not going to win this series. I think that they can. Um, and I thought. You know, I thought that there was some pretty good – there were some good moments in that game too. Uh, like, um, what's his name? Who's been pitching so poorly all season. It's three scoreless innings. Kelly. Yeah, Joe Kelly. I thought that was really great. Um, I think that, you know, uh, Kinsler and – Jackie Bradley Jr. were getting on base, and yes. that's like the bottom of our lineup. Jackie Bradley Jr. Like, had a You need that to happen mm-hmm. for a postseason run. You need to get production from the bottom part of your lineup. Um, and, <clears throat> you know, I think that if David Price, I know I don't know why Joel doesn't want to talk shit at him, but I think if he doesn't suck, then we are competitive in that game, you know? He did suck. And let me, let me clarify. David no, Price no. sucks. He does suck. Except 
you wouldn't be leverage situation. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like when the <laughs> chips are not on the table, he's, he's great. Really good. Like exactly. When it yes. when it's garbage time, he's like his nickname should be garbage time. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. Can have garbage time. time. <laughs> Put him he's in garbage, garbage time, he'll be lights out. And he will carry you through the first three weeks of August when you don't need to be carried. Right. When you're 15 games in first place. Exactly. My right. problem was there were videos on Twitter going around the internet of Red Sox fans burning David Price's jersey. I don't understand that ever. I was not okay with that. I agree with you. It should really never be okay. On the other hand... They never should have bought those jerseys. <laughs> My point was going to be it's not like David Price betrayed the Boston Red Sox. He just sucks. Right, he's just not good. He just is, uh, what's the word? Like burning a Roger Clemens jersey would make sense. Right. After he signed with the Yankees, you should go out and burn Roger Clemens jersey. That yeah. would make sense if it were 98, would you? You know Something what like I mean. That. You know what I mean. It doesn't make the same amount of sense to burn David Price's jersey because David Price can't pitch in the playoffs. He's a... He needs like a sports psychologist. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is weird because he does have a long winning record in the MLB, and I feel like to be a consistently winning pitcher in the MLB, you kind of have to have your emotional wits under control. And he seems to be just the exact opposite. Like he falls apart whenever there's any sort of emotional stress on him. Well, and. That's one of my questions as someone who has never played baseball, let alone played baseball at a major league level, let alone ever played baseball at a playoff level. Wait, uh, you've never played at a major league level, Joe? I'm sorry. <laughs> you've been leading me on all this time. <laughs> yeah, we're, you, I'm not sure I want to be on this podcast anymore. <laughs> yeah, uh, all those years about me being the starting first baseman for the Colorado Rockies from 1996 to 1998. I may have forged those documents. I never right. made the 97 All-Star game. Sorry, guys. My name's not Troy Chulowitzki. <laughs> Jeff Bagwell? <laughs> Jeff Bagwell. <laughs> Shit, now I forgot what my point was going to be. Oh, I... <laughs> So, it, we're at 43-38 right now, about three quarters through. So, this year in the playoffs, understandably, you've seen shorter and shorter outings, especially by starting pitchers, to the point where a couple of teams, including the Oakland Athletics and the Milwaukee Brewers, have had openers instead of closers, right? The Red right. Sox themselves sent Porcello in to clean up Game one in the two innings, I believe, he pitched. That was such a boss move, I thought. I thought so, too. That was really cool. I've also seen several rookie or second-year pitchers, young pitchers, sent out to pitch an inning or two, and they implode. And I was wondering, because I have no idea the answer to this question, I was wondering how much of that was handling the playoff pressure. Eli, you were just talking about at a playoff game, the PA is louder, the crowd is louder, the crowd is on their feet the entire time. Some of these guys are 22, 23, 24 years old. In some situations, you have, what, 40,000 human beings yelling at you, hoping that you fail? At your job. Yeah, but David Price is pitching at home. 
Yeah, I'm not talking about David Place. David Place needs to see a psychologist. I think we've established <laughs> okay. that. I'm talking about what it would be like to be a young pitcher in a high-level situation and your manager is asking you to get three outs in a playoff game. On one hand, yeah, that's got to be stressful and crazy and it makes sense if people fall apart emotionally and then physically and then pitch like shit. Yeah. But also, that's what those guys have been dreaming about probably every single day for their entirely conscious life. So if you're not like mentally prepared for that moment after thinking about it for 25 years, maybe you shouldn't be in that place. Exactly. I think that's a really great point. But then can you throw a strike? But I feel like I feel like it's okay <laughs> if it's like your first time, you know what I mean? Cuz it's like you maybe have been thinking about it your whole life, but it's like losing your virginity, right? You've been thinking about it your entire life and then you just like explode immediately cuz you're so excited, you know? And that's like you don't do very well maybe. And you miss the zone. You miss the zone and yeah. Yeah. You're just totally out of the zone. Nobody knows what you're doing. You know what I mean? Speak for yourself. Everyone is very disappointed when you finally right. go sit down. Right. But David Price, though, is like... Not a virgin. Not a virgin. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, this was his ninth <laughs> start. And his, like, whatever, his 14th appearance or something. And, and he still doesn't have a postseason win. Is that right? He does have a, a postseason win, but not as a starter. Okay. He has a postseason win as a reliever. What percentage of baseball is psychological? I don't know. Yeah. A lot. A lot. Yeah, because, like, Bartolo Colon... He's a professional athlete. You know what I mean? Yes. Flash, he, he doesn't give a shit Flash. about anyone. Or big and tall. Yeah. Right. And he doesn't yeah. give a shit about anything. Exactly. And he's pitched well in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Back in 1972? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <clears throat> right. I mean, that's the whole question that surrounds... Off I would say it's more mental than any other sport. I would agree with you. Yeah. Especially pitching. And individual yeah. sports have to be up there too, though. Like tennis. tennis yeah, yeah. Golf. And golf. Which we. Right, but I, I feel like with maybe golf, but like with tennis, you have to be a like special specimen of like physical, you know prowess or whatever whereas yeah. you can be but it also takes the emotional t i mean the psychological toll it's like both it's not one or the other right in fact right. both oh i see what you're saying right but i i feel like percentage wise baseball is you know it's good if you're an incredible athlete but also you know so especially like hitting, pitching and hitting is such a mental, it's like a, a mental game, you know? Yeah. yeah. Marco Cologne is not playing professional tennis either. <laughs> right. <laughs> Although he, I kind of like never, He never has. He never right. has played professional tennis. Professional baseball is not. I mean, professional pitching. But blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see a match between Bartolo Colon, a tennis match right. between Bartolo Colon and who? Bartolo Colon. Uh, Do you guys remember William, the refrigerator Perry, the defensive lineman for the Chicago Bears in 1984? No. <laughs> Should we? <laughs> he caught a touchdown pass. He what? He caught a touchdown pass. Is he good at tennis? Well, I would watch a out-of-time tennis match between 
Bartolo Colon circa 2018, and William the Refrigerated Perry circa 1984. Was he called the Refrigerator because he was just giant and square, or because yeah. he liked to eat? <laughs> no, because he was shaped like a refrigerator. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. He's dead now. Because was he the guy that they would bring in to like run as the fullback sometimes? I don't think so. There was one trick play that they called for him hmm. to, and it was, you know, you put the tight end on the other side of the line so that the uh, outside offensive lineman he might he was the offensive lineman. I said defensive lineman. I was wrong. He so that the the end of the line is technically eligible ineligible receiver. A eligible, N N eligible receiver. Right. Anyway, I would watch that tennis match. Um. So, Milwaukee's in the NLCS. Houston is in the ALCS. The LA Dodgers are six outs. Away. And it's like six runs up now. And six runs up now. So yeah. what's your hot takes on Brewers Dodgers for the NLCS? I think that I it would be inappropriate to bet against the Brewers right now. They're a loaded team and if their pitching can hold up then then I feel like they could, you know, make ride that all the way into the World Series. Um, yeah, the Dodgers look pretty sharp, too, though. They made pretty easy work of the Braves. Yeah. Well, the Braves, though, I mean, that kind of goes into what we were saying also. I think that the average age of a Braves baseball player is, like, 22 years old. You know? <clears throat> like, it's pretty intense. Uh, they're, like, losing. And, you know, everybody on the Dodgers went to the playoffs last year. Whereas everyone on the Braves is, you know, never played in the major leagues until this year, basically. <laughs> right. I, I think the Braves have a bright future. Oh, yeah. yeah they're, they're a solid team, and they're going to be good for a while. But I think that, you know, I think that, Especially in the playoffs, a certain amount of poise is uh, necessary for success. Whereas, you know, the Braves can kind of run this, you know, fuck what Woody Page says, we're going to break expectations during the, like, the, the first part of the, se- you know, the regular season. But when, it, you know, all the, everything comes out, it's like, Increased pressure, increased scrutiny. Like, there's so much more media around all the time asking questions. Like, you know, Twitter's blowing up, all this other shit. Yeah, how how about that? I I wonder about professional sports now versus, you know, a pre-social media world. Like, how do you think... Do you think that they actually do shut it all out, like turn off all their notifications and or like, you know, have someone take their phone and they just like play video games for hours on end? Um, Or do you think that they're like, you know, under their covers looking at their Twitter and crying themselves to sleep every night? More the latter than the former. Um, the reason being there was a piece written recently about NBA players and their social media habits. NBA players are literally checking their Twitter mentions at halftime. They are going into the locker room and taking out their phones and reading what strangers are saying about their first half performances. Possibly, exactly. That's about the NBA. The article was specifically about the NBA, so I don't know if it's the same in Major League Baseball, but do you remember the All-Star game where they were allowing players to be on their phones during the game? 
and somebody took a selfie with Joe West. Who was that? Nelson Cruz? Right. And that's how we found out about the Josh Hader racist tweet. Because in the middle of the game, as Josh Hader was getting lit up by the AL hitters, all the players were going through Josh Hader's Twitter mentions and found out in real time about his history of racist tweets. Okay, was it racist or homophobic? Both. Both. So, they're young guys, they grew up on social media, they're addicted to social media. That's how they interact with the world. So I think anyone younger than 30 is primed, is trained, that social media is the way that you interact with your reality. And you can't shut that out. That's going to be hard. That's how you grow. That's how you grew up. Exactly. That seems like it would make it even more difficult then to shut out the noise nowadays than it was before. Exactly. Now, like before it was like you just don't turn on the TV or pick up the newspaper. You know. Mm-hmm. Now you have this device that like is constantly reminding you of the noise. And someone I was listening to on a podcast that I forget, he was a journalist, and he was telling the story, he wrote the sports story, Haberstrom, I think it was, and everybody loved it. It was one of his biggest sports stories that he had ever written, getting tons of retweets, tons of likes on Twitter. And he told the story about this one guy retweeted it and said, I'm retweeting this story not because it's good, but because Haberstrom is a terrible journalist and nobody should learn journalism tips from him. And that's the response that Haberstrom remembers. Right? He doesn't... It doesn't stick with him, the hundred or thousand likes and retweets is the one guy who sends the cutting negative message about his article to him. That sticks with him. I think that's a powerful weapon. So what you're saying is we should troll more people on Twitter. Yeah, especially people we don't like. Like uh, yeah. John Carlos. Dude, John Carlos Stanton... Daryl, Daryl, John Carlos Stanton's gonna remember that, and he's gonna shed that lonely tear. Yeah. Wait, what's he gonna remember? Our one mean tweet that we tweet about him. Oh yeah. Like Daryl Strawberry, when Lisa and Bart are trolling him. Right. Before the word troll existed as a verb. To troll. Somehow. To troll did not exist in 1992. Right. Well, it did. It just meant jump out from underneath the bridge and eat somebody's horse. <laughs> <laughs> Something we also do at Dump Up Down. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right. That that meeting is still alive and well over here. Right. <laughs> mm. Watch <laughs> your horses. <laughs> All right. I got two questions for you guys. All right, then we got to call it, though, because i got to watch this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll wrap it up. Because it's blacked out. Oh, you said you have to go to a bar? No, no bar, yeah. Yeah. Um, The broadcasts of the playoffs. What stuck out to you? What have you noticed? And let let me start off. Have you guys seen the ads? Oh, for Supercuts. The Supercut commercials. One of them featuring Justin Verlander. The whole the whole shtick of the commercials is, what's your routine that makes you successful in your daily life? And one of their spokesmen is Justin Verlander. And his routine is doing everything by three. He brushes off the mound three times. He ties his shoe into three knots. 
and he always picked the third stall in the bathroom. Which means, to me, thanks to Supercuts, I know now where Justin Verlando shits all the time. You know where to hide when, when you're trying to surprise Justin Verlander in the bathroom? <laughs> when I'm going to troll him yeah. and eat him. You're just like, he opens the stall door and you're sitting on the top of the toilet. <laughs> exactly. You know, he's installed three different toilets just to like... <laughs> one, what? two... Three. What do you think okay. he does if he goes into a bathroom and it only has one stall? <laughs> he, poop, he poops in the corner. <laughs> he poops on the wall. Distance away, three toilets away from where the right. he is just hopes that there are two trash cans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that yeah, I don't know. I've always thought about that commercial. It's pretty funny. That's what your takeaway from the broadcasting is that Justin Verlander poops in the third stall. <laughs> Why would they share that information? I don't know, because it's funny. Yeah, it is funny. What was your second question? My second question is what's going to happen next? You got, uh, you got, you, you, you always said you're not jumping off that Brewers bandwagon. Oh, yeah. I like the Brewers to make it to the World Series now. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Red Sox will win the next two games in New York, clinch it in the Bronx. So they got Brewers, Dodgers, Astros, Red Sox. You take right. the Brewers over the Dodgers. What what advantage? I mean, I I like that. I'm I'm not shitting on that. What advantage do the Brewers have over the LA Dodgers? I just think that they have the kind of momentum, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like the Dodgers. Are, they're like choke artists. They're like a constant. Yeah. You know, they make it to the work. They make it to the playoffs every year, and they like lose all the time. Yep, you ain't wrong about that. I like I like a lot of Dodgers. I like Justin Turner. I like Yasiel Puig. I like Yasiel Puig's cactus girlfriend. I feel bad that he's never won the World Series for her. Um, but I like a lot of the Milwaukee Brewers also. I like my favorite player, Lorenzo Cain. Do you, Christian, uh, not Christian, Curtis Granderson plays for the Brewers. Brewer? Yeah, that's awesome. I love Curtis Granderson. Yeah, I love Curtis Granderson also. I like Christian Yelich. Oh, there was another guy that I liked for Milwaukee, but now I forgot who it was. Oh, oh really is Thames? Does Thames still play for them? With Thames? I don't know. All right. Yeah, he does. Yeah. There are a lot of cool people who play for the Brewers. All right, so let's wrap this up. Um, I had a whole oh, thing. By, by the way, I think that the Sox are going to win in five, not four. Oh, so you think the Yankees are going to win another game? Right. Yeah. I think it'll end in Boston. Yavaldi v. Severino tonight? No, Yavaldi v. Sabathia tonight. Severino. Severino. The fat man pitches tomorrow. Why? Didn't Severino do the wild card game? Yep. So they skipped a starting... They skipped a start for Sabathia because they had a day off. They needed to give the fat man an extra day. Fat man... So who's yeah. talk, it, about, who, talk about shotgunning Big Macs? <laughs> <laughs> talk about shotgunning Big Macs. So who would the, you kidding me when him and uh, when him and Bartolo Colon were both in New York? That's what they did after games together. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, play who, tennis and eat Big Macs. <laughs> there you go. Why didn't we say CC Sabathia? Oh yeah, CC Sabathia, Marcelo Cologne, tennis matchup of the ages. Right, or like a buddy, like a reality show where they're roommates, and right. they're just eating yeah, each is. other's food out of the fridge and getting really angry about it. It's like, who ate my leftover crab ragoons? You know, <laughs> all disputes are settled on the tennis court. <laughs> exactly. And they just play tennis and they play like one game and then they're both so exhausted that they just fall asleep <laughs> and like forget about what they were fighting about. <laughs> on the tennis court. Oh, right. They just yeah. fall asleep. They just both like 
are playing and then they're like <laughs> and then like just lay down on the tennis court and fall asleep. And that's the, and then that's the end end of the episode. <laughs> roll credits. Roll credits right there. Right, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Alright, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening. So much we didn't talk about. Um but, like, let's wait till baseball's over, because I got football opinions, I got basketball opinions, I got Quidditch opinions. <sighs> let's hold on to those. Till next yeah. time. Nobody cares about that right now. What? It's a baseball season. It's October. Right. All the broadcasters are like, why is it 85 degrees in October? And I'm like, global warming, bitches. Yeah. Funny, they just don't get it. They're like, oh, it's just historically warm weather. Yeah. So bizarre. So bizarre. If only there was some way we could have predicted this. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. Mookie Betts almost hit the first ball. Out. All right. We got to so, go. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. We got to go. This has been Dump on the Ump. Check us out on all your favorite social media outlets. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening. Have a good night and a pleasant tomorrow. Damn, you happy? You happy, you fucking New Englanders? This is some serious shit, though. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we'll see you next week.